In part one of this interview, we talked about why it's important for property management business owners to pay attention to owner churn and what are the different factors that could impact churn. Now we're back to talk about how to prevent owners from leaving in the first place and who should be responsible for churn in a company. As a reminder, this podcast is brought to you by Four and Half Marketing Agency. We have been helping property managers with owner marketing since 2012, from strategy all the way to implementation. Visit fourandhalf.com to learn more. That's F O U R A N D H A L F.com. And without further ado, here's part two of our interview with Ray Hespin. kind of back to the question if you don't if you aren't measuring it then you chances are you don't know it yeah um you got your gut feel which is a great tool to go off of but um yeah but when everybody's right. going off their gut feel what is, yeah like what is it <clears> mean? it's hard to it's it's hard to make it's hard to make intelligent assessments to being like is this a priority or not mm-hmm. right in property management, you know, a lot of different business owners have a lot of different goals. Maybe you sit there and are a company that's like, I'm trying to grow in five years and sell it. Uh, somebody might sit there and go, I want to have the least amount of headache and maximize the profit. I want to, you know, whatever, whatever these different things are. But probably everyone should have that as a major company KPI because it's responsible for growth. It's responsible for profit. It's responsible for anything. I can't think of a strategy, a property management strategy or a goal of a property management firm that would not include that metric as a major one. Well, I have a question for you in terms of, you know, so we all agree here that it should be measured, but in your opinion, who should be measuring it? Like which function in a property management company should be accountable for monitoring the churn and, you know, raising the alarm bells if it goes, you know, way outside what, the normal number is for that company? Yeah, it's a good question. So there's different structures in property management. You have portfolios, hybrids, departmental. Um, whoever's responsible for owner engagement. So after sale. <clears throat> so some people have property managers that manage an owner through the entire life cycle mm-hmm. from sales all the way to renewals or churn, like they handle everything. Um, some people have BDMs and those are handed off to property managers. Um, so whoever is the person who's responsible for the metric is the person who should ultimately be held to the metric because they're the ones who can impact the outcomes of that. Um, now, obviously if you've got a property management as a departmental style and they're the ones who are kind of like the account manager for the investor and owner and they're losing owners um or consistently bad then that's probably something systematically wrong in another department that's servicing that could be maintenance coordination uh could be struggling could be whoever's handling the leasing is putting in bad renters systematically could be something else because you mentioned that part of the inspiration to dig into this for property management was you know your own interest in customer churn for property mouth mm. um and so are all is all churn created equal for example I know that, um, you know, there's people churning and they inform you kind of like when they're on the fence, like, hey, I'm talking to this other company. I think I'm like going to cancel with you. And there are people who are like, hey, you know, like I already signed up with them. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm no longer interested in you. And then there are people that just like 
go MIA and then you know <laughs> one day you find out that they've already transferred and they didn't have the guts to tell you like did you guys um kind of treat every turn the same um were there any nuances that <clears throat> you tried to kind of look more into or se- try to separate them like are there more on of one kind of turn versus the other so I think every property manager, what a great question. Uh, you might hear terms and stuff kind of thrown around. It's like this ideal customer profile. Mm-hmm. It's like, who does your business serve the best, right? Um, not every business model is created to serve all customers. And so um, different property managers should hopefully have an idea of like who their system supports and does really well. So the way that like property model, we did it a while back, back I think in 2018, uh, we started measuring cohorts against different sizes of companies and we learned which ones we do really well at and which ones we don't. That changes your like product strategy, it changes who you sell, it changes who you attempt to recover, all that stuff. So, so kind of back to your point, is all churn created equal? Not at all. Um, there's kind of a scorecard that we do internally before we have a conversation with them. When we know that based on what they're doing, based on the size of the company, based on their structure, based on their problems, like we know we fit really well in there. We go head first and say, what did we do wrong? How do we fix it? Let's, you know, try and see if we can't salvage if nothing else we learn. Um, and then there's people that, uh, maybe we brought somebody on. It was kind of like an odd use case for the software. And uh, we're sitting there going, you know, we'll try it. If they come up big, no, like it's not, not, not focusing the effort um, and trying to recover. So I think as all property managers think through, <clears throat> they might develop their own scorecard of what are the attributes of that owner that justify spending some real calories to try and recover them. So that's the recovery element of doing that. But I think the other part that making sure that we don't forget is like, what are the behaviors and actions that we should also be doing consistently that prevent that person from getting uh, from a from a recovery state? Yeah. And I'll, I'll even say like, you know, it's ch- churn rate is a lagging indicator. So that means once it's there, it's there. Yeah. Like, you know, if you sit there and say, I want to make that number better, it's like you have to do things to ultimately make that better. Mm-hmm. So the things that property management companies can and should be focusing on are what are those leading indicators that if you focus on and you get those in the right spots, chances are that lagging indicator will start going in the right direction, right? If I sit there and say, hey, listen, property manager, I want you to reduce the owner churn. <laughs> like, yeah, what do I do? Um, you know, what are the things that you can ultimately start tracking and measuring that you say, property manager, I want you to come to me every month. Um, and I want you to bring these three metrics, they're X, Y, and Z. And I know if you do these things and they're in healthy spots, then your churn should probably be pretty good. If not, something else is wrong. And so that's where property managers can really start, uh, implementing these things earlier that say, what are the things we're going to track and trend? So one of the things that I would say, um, that is kind of aligns with some of the data we talked about. And boy, I completely forgot about the the resident satisfaction. I think we got to go back. To that. Oh yeah, was that number three? <clears throat> that was number three. Yeah. So uh, resident satisfaction had a direct correlation to owner churn. Oh. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so, and it makes a ton of sense because 
if a renter's number one churn reason other than rent price operationally is maintenance, then if they're dissatisfied with maintenance, the likelihood of lease churn is higher. And if the likelihood of lease churn is higher, then the likelihood of, for the owner to reconsider the relationship is higher. And so it all, from an elemental standpoint, very checks out. Kind of shakes the boat, right? <clears throat> it's like, wait, you can't hold on to a tenant? And then they start asking <clears throat> questions. You know, it's interesting. No. I've talked to people before, too, that, that are, <laughs> I don't know if this correlates at all, because it might be. Um, you know, internal satisfaction versus public satisfaction. I don't know, but I have had clients before that are like, oh, I need to stop requesting reviews from tenants because they're too happy. I can't let prospective owners know how happy these tenants are. And I'm like, oh. I, I, I see it from the perspective of you want prospective owners to know that <clears throat> you're protecting their property, but just because your renters are happy doesn't mean you're you're doing anything that's it's not wrong. A- it's, it's not, it's not a teeter totter. Like, right. If I make them happier then my owners are less happy. Uh, as a matter of fact, here's exactly why owners should care that the property manager is really good. So first off, you bring up a super great point. Online reputation and actual resident satisfaction are completely different things. <laughs> completely different mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Um, one of them is a marketing function. One of them is an operational function, right? right. And so run them completely different, but operationally, if you do a very good job hanging on to the resident, do you know what the owner is able to save and do because of that? So the likelihood of a churn risk is significantly higher, which means you're going to hold on to a lease longer. When a resident churns, a property manager has to go in, do an inspection. They have to do a hit list, a turn list. Here's all the stuff I got to repair. Here's the carpet I got to replace. Here's what I've got to repaint. Here's the holes I got to fix. By the way, thank you. I'm going to pass those costs right on to you. Mr. or Mrs. Owner, and that is money coming out of your pocket. So if you can actually keep the renter in and keep them happier and you keep them in there for five years, that carpet could be destroyed, Mm -hmm. absolutely destroyed. But it is way better to pay that same price down five years down the road or maybe incrementally a little bit more than sitting there doing that every 18 months. Mm -hmm. Um, It is very, very expensive to lose residents. Um, And so that's why they should care that the property manager uh, <laughs> makes them happy. Right. <clears throat> so it's more like, it's like resident retention and resident retention is fueled by resident satisfaction. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That's which reduces, amazing. Which reduces uh, turnover costs to the owner. <clears throat> so And the maintenance so back, is the biggest factor yes. in the resident satisfaction. Costs are going up. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, so if you were to put three things on your dashboard and candidly, I, I don't know enough about, uh, some of the account because some of this is accounting, this is accounting functions. And so I don't know necessarily what's feasible, but find a way to get these metrics and numbers, figuring out which owners are at risk of being above the 12% mark, like know who they are. That's white glove treatment. It's lovingly, but but start measuring that, right? Like mm-hmm. if you do an overall average, it doesn't help you catch some of that stuff before. It's like how many owners are at risk and try and find a way to keep it down. <clears throat> That's one. The second one is um, uh, the resident satisfaction. <clears throat> Things you can control. That's a good indicator. That means you can correct it quickly. 
Um, the average rental unit generates 0.4 service issues a month. You can fix it in a month or two. It's a fast enough metric. You can see it change. And if it's going the wrong direction, you can do something. The third one, <clears throat> and this is actually a way to measure both the volume as well as the cost, is the percentage of owners that have opted into preventative maintenance programs. You want to drive that through the roof. And just as importantly, and I will tell you what, and I don't know um, if this podcast will age well, uh, but we're in a very uh, interesting market time, specifically in real estate as the interest rates go up, people are not gonna be able to, I mean, we're gonna see an 0809 or similar, I think in the real estate. This is a great opportunity. But if you can help start driving the costs down by the professional services that you offer that are differentiated against not like them doing it themselves, it is the biggest opportunity for sales uh, that you ultimately have right now. And it's a huge retention driver. <clears throat> like and just like metric wise, brings down your costs, increase your uh, total amount. And like sorry, you said, right? Said. Yeah, like um, just looking at your churn numbers is kind of like, oh, I, it, it's like it, the comparison if, if is if you're comparing that to how you're tracking your finances, like, oh, shoot, I overspent $1,000 this month. I mean, you can't go back and redo it. Um, you have to kind of reset this month. But then in terms of your business, oh, I lost this many owners this month. I can't go back and save them. I have to figure yes. out how to replenish that and then stop more from leaving at once yes. this month. This should be, it should be the things that tell you before things go bad. And I think the mm -hmm. finance, the PL is a great one. Mm -hmm. Like, because you can't sit there and say, Hey, I need to go and spend less money. It's like, no, what are the three things that we're getting burned at on cash mm -hmm. that we're going to sit there and keep a real big focus on that? Whatever. Uh, I don't know what it would be. I don't know what it'd be for a property manager, but I think that's such a good analogy. And that's the stuff that you can give to your property managers or your maintenance coordinators, your directors, your VP of ops and say, I want that number of the amount of owners enrolled in preventative maintenance to be 30% by the quarter. That is a directive that you people know exactly what they got to go do. It's very, very simple. It's what they're in control of. And it should affect and it will affect the um, the ultimate lagging indicator, which is owner churn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those Here's are really good. Sorry, I was just saying these are these are really good tips. I'm like I'm like want to I'm like send this podcast to people. Like just because I talk to so many people, I talk to so many people that are like I don't know what to do. I need more leads because I'm losing so many clients. But it's like, hey, why are you losing so many? clients like let's start there yes um yes yeah, so, really good it's so important to hang on to one i mean you know people tend to property manager i mean obviously larger ones tend to service multi-markets but even in those markets chances are you're only going to get one shot with that investor and that investor is going to go either talk nice things or not nice things about mm -hmm. you and so Getting owner churn under control is really important because it's not like we're invest uh, we're inventing investors left and right. I mean, they are, but that's a slow process. Right. <clears throat> Super important KPI. Um, but I will say there there's some things that that people can should be able to see if they implement some of these programs and they take some of these things seriously. They should be able to see 
some changes in the owner churn. So we talked about doing some of those exit kind of interviews at the beginning. Um, <clears throat> the way that we kind of look at it in property meld, uh, like if somebody leaves us, we have certain things we want to see that are like really healthy in their account because that tells us they're, they're getting the efficiency they want. They're getting the resident satisfaction. They're getting the oversight. They're getting the throughput, whatever. Like we've got things that we track and trend. If those numbers are good and they still leave, that's actually okay. That tells us it was a real different reason other than what we try and target, strive for, improve our process for. Mm -hmm. So now somebody goes and implements. They've got preventative programs up the wazoo. They have started blocking and tackling on these owners that are trending above 12% in terms of their costs uh, against their rent. <clears throat> and they've really nailed down resident satisfaction and it's in a good place. Those numbers should all be in a fantastic spot. If that owner leaves and those are all in a good spot, you probably lost them for something completely out of your control. Yeah. And that is okay. You're fine losing those. It's the ones that are you're in control of that if your metrics are not good, it's like, we got to go back to step one. How do we make sure that that happens in our process? Mm -hmm. So you should see your owners leaving less. And you should see that those three key metrics in place are in the green when they do leave. And that's how you know you've probably lost um, from something out of your control. I think that's a really important point when thinking about churn because, you know, if you're just thinking of numbers, right, then you would want to strive for zero, zero owner churn. But that's not realistic, right? Because no. like you said, not everything is within your control. And so if you, you can't try to save every single owner because it's impossible. So what's yeah. healthier is just focus on what are the factors I can control as a business owner. And if I knock it out of the park and those things I can control, then I know that if I lose an owner and I did everything I could, then they would have left regardless of I gave them the moon and the stars. Mm -hmm. Yes. There is a very healthy level because the ultimate thing, right? Like if you sit there and think about an owner and investor, let's say that, let's say you have an investor that, uh, and I'm giving an egregious example, right? Let's say they die and the trust takes the property and is going to auction it off so they can give inheritance money for the kids. Let's just say that happens. It would be a really dumb investment of time for a property management company to say, Hey, but kids, but trust, like, it's like, you're never going to win it. It is a complete right. waste of resources. And that is completely acceptable reason to lose a client, right? Like mm -hmm. completely acceptable. <clears throat> so you do want to set yourself a goal and a target that says this is very, very reasonable. So in software, we're, we pay attention. So our, our, we kind of look at a, our bucket, our cohort, so the amount of software costs and stuff like that. If you can be above 80% of hanging on your clients year over year, that's really good. Our goal is 90%. That's what we tend to hit. We're in like gold standard, but that's our number. We, if we're above that, that's awesome. If we're below it, how do we get better? But <clears throat> it is, we've got a budget um, essentially of the team to be able to say, which ones do you want to invest in time? Because you're right, saving every single person is not a meaningful use of resources. And you know what? Our product, you know, for those folks might not be a good fit. And so it's kind of pointless to go after them. Definitely really interesting yeah. a way to think of it look at it um like, like you said right like for software there's kind of this this uh threshold of what is considered kind of a healthy 
number. Right. Um, you mentioned like 80% property melt tends to shoot like 90 and you tend to hit it, but at least you know like what's realistic. <clears throat> um, and so it would be interesting like to know for property management, what is a healthy one? Because, you know, I don't want someone listening to this to be like, oh, it's okay to lose owners. But it's like, wait, 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 wait. Like you have to kind of, Right. dig deeper like why are you losing them could you have prevented some of them yeah and it's you're you're uh there's probably some property managers that are super dialed into their stuff and could probably give you those and watch it but i know for us as a company uh hanging on to customers is the most important thing we can do so it is a company kpi metric uh, that we look at every monday and we say how are we doing team good good not good what do we got to do um, most important metric for us. Yeah. The, <clears throat> I'll even kind of give you some interesting things, and this is mm -hmm. unrelated. Nobody's going to be able to take action out of it, but uh, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some other things that we discovered when looking at owner churn that we're going to continue to dig into. Uh, one of them is the sticker shock factor. <laughs> so <clears throat> we definitely noticed, especially if you have internal technician teams, if you have higher average costing repairs that are coming out and are associated with your company, the risk of churn is significantly higher. Uh, <clears throat> if your internal technician teams are doing repairs that are on the lower side or close to what vendors are below, uh, you have a significant advantage over people who use exclusively vendors. It's kind of interesting. Um, so there's some interesting things there around sticker shock, what the perception of his internal teams. Are you trying to drive down my costs or are you not? Mm -hmm. um, as some examples. And then also uh, some of the other things that we kind of found peculiar uh, <clears throat> was uh, estimate volumes. So uh, really high estimates, just estimates, not even work performed, mm -hmm. really high estimates ultimately resulted in higher churn. Now, I don't want to tell people to go because there's not enough information. Like we don't feel as confident enough of it, but there seems to be some additional trends that talk about what sort of work should your internal technician teams do? How do you kind of strategize your pricing and what you're doing in those things? Mm -hmm. um, and some other stuff there, but there's a lot of cool data left in, in how to optimize your, your owner engagement. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's like each time somebody gets an estimate for work that needs to be done, it, it just like maybe like chips away a little bit at them. And then by the end of the year, they're like, you know what? They're trying to make me pay all this money. I need to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so like that much to repaint a house. I could do that in a weekend. Right. Oh, right. man. You know what? I'll tell you what will even be more interesting. So we posted, I posted out a thing on LinkedIn because we track invoice prices and stuff. You guys remember we kind of went yeah. through COVID and we were kind of watching the, and the inflation what we is called real. the ghost repairs. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. So since the beginning of 2020, I think HVAC invoices are up 118% or something like that. Plumbing is up 60 some percent. That's two years. Um, so so there is an interesting dynamic of how much education is going out to these investors and owners are as they are seeing the sticker mm -hmm. prices. Um, and so I think that's going to be a much more common occurrence or common discussion. I think everybody's stomaching it now, but um, that might be a, a battleground in the future here before long that says mm -hmm. education of investors is going to be paramount. Yeah, like, hey, this is why this is happening. It's not, it's yes. not just our company. It's not just your properties. It's nationwide. I know, it's whatever. 
I know five years ago, you could have gotten a hot water heater installed for 250 bucks. I know you're right. Mm-hmm. That's not the case anymore. Yeah. Try a thousand. Part of what we wanted to do for um, the podcast was kind of look for the property management company with the best track record for retention. And given that mm. you're sitting on a wealth of data, um, as you and your team were looking at the different metrics and stuff, did you happen to notice any kind of like things that jumped out like, hey, that customer has an insane retention mm. period um, or like has really low turn rate that even surprised you? Like anything jump out like that? So, you know, one of the complicated things that we uh, have to deal with is we have to have the data through the entire life cycle of the relationship, mm-hmm. <clears throat> right? So if we only have a customer for say like a year and a half, mm-hmm. uh, we've only got a year and a half of owner retention data. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, whether as we have a customer for four years, we've got a lot more data on churn within those things. But I, yeah. I do think that there is probably something around a retention rate that we could start pulling for customers that have been longer with us uh, than two years, which we've got a wealth of data there. And I am super curious uh, Marie, you brought it up on like, what are the numbers that should be okay? And I'm wondering if we can actually squeeze out some of that information and just like buy property management company, like broadly, because <clears throat> we anonymize our data, uh, broadly, can we sit there and actually see what the average churn is? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that way, it's a brilliant, brilliant question. You got me angry that I haven't well, we, I guess we gotta have you back well, on right. the podcast once you have yeah. that. Gosh, dang well, it. and like, what are the outliers? And also, like, what's the point of no return? Like, what if your churn is so bad, you kind of just need to drop what you're doing altogether? Because yeah, I like stop all your initiatives. Like yeah, right, right. It's like, uh, hey, we gotta get this figured out. Yeah, I, I will tell you what. I don't think anybody's maximizing it right now. Like, we're a very I say immature industry in the sense of not the operators, but this industry has only been around for 20 years. Like this is the stuff we're learning because we finally have data, but I would say it's a very, very safe assumption that nobody's tapped out uh, the owner retention game. There's nobody go find out what the number is. Noah can be better and move it. Like I don't, even if somebody was at a pretty high number, I would probably uh, be remiss to say that they were, doing all these preventative programs and crazy stuff correctly. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, let me take that back. Not correctly, putting intent focus on it, right? right. Um, could be they sold them really well. could be their property manager exceptional, but what are the things that they control and do? So, uh, <clears throat> but I think if, if the viewers can watch that, start tracking and trending, I guarantee you can pull it out of your accounting software. You can find a way to see your owner retention rates and whatever that number is, pick a goal. Like whatever, do we think that we can hang on to 10% more owners by doing heavy preventative maintenance, starting to watch out for the owners that exceed that 12% pace and, uh, and high focus on resident staff. Mm-hmm. Just three things. And you can Just start with things. one. Like if you can only, if you can only start with one, start with one. Do three. Do three. Okay. Do okay. Three. Do three. Race says do three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do three pro- property mail and just, I mean, I'm well, they're all really trying to plug each other. <clears throat> they are. And that's the other thing too. We believe that resident sat will also be improved with preventative maintenance as well. 
because if your HVAC doesn't go down, boy, that's a, mm -hmm. that's a happy resident, right? So. Man, I just like, I, I'm so naive. I just assumed, I feel like I assumed all of the programs had preventative maintenance baked in. It's just something that people do and they have to do, but it's like, <clears> no. <throat> I, <laughs> I, I'll tell you with property mounts. So we're in beta testing of this right now. It's called Property Care Plus. Um, it's the idea and ability to build a catalog of services that you can allow owners to go in and look through and be like, yes, I do want my annual HVAC cleanup. Yes, I do want my semi-annual in-home inspection. Yes, I do want my water heater, whatever. Yes, I do want my gutters cleaned out annually. Yes, I do want my whatever. And so uh, the logistical nightmare of property managers historically to do preventative maintenance is very difficult. Most of them send an email survey monkey or something like that somebody takes that information they go in they try and build this stuff in and track and trend it and it's just a logistical nightmare and so we're yeah. trying to take a real major stab at that to make it super easy and then also let the owners know um our customers customers that our property model customers are exceptional at taking care of their property and driving costs down yeah and and goes back to education too. Like if people are like, no, I don't want this. It's kind of like, okay, well, if you don't do this, here's what the cost could look like. You know, if you don't get your HV, HVAC, sorry, I'm like HVWQRZ, HVAC checked once a year, like whatever, it's going to be like $10,000 versus whatever. Super true. Super and it true. also kind of addresses that, um, that idea of invisible work. It's like, oh, my property manager just collects rent. And then you're like, hey, here's a list of like 25 things that we can do for you, you know, proactively if you want to. And I will tell you, I've oh, it's always been my dream to start an outbound business development team for a property management company because I think it would be a ton of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, I would start and I would do the hit list that I would call everybody with a for rent sale sign that's a landlord managed property. Mm -hmm. And I would call them and I would just ask them, a bunch of series of questions about what preventative maintenance they do on the property. And I guarantee you just get a ton of business. But yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. How exactly are you doing that? Are you guys doing HVAC? Like uh, costs are really high. How are you managing that? Are you guys doing, what kind of preventative programs do you know you get during headlights? Yeah. Like, awesome. Well, here's some of the ones that we like to do. Uh, they usually have pretty big impact and they reduce costs. So how do you, it'd be, it'd be a ton of fun. So someday, <laughs> someday might be someday. dream job. Somebody, somebody might hire me, maybe. Yeah. Ray, I want to thank you for sharing everything you know about churn with us today and for the generous insights that could really make a difference in the companies of the people listening right now. I'd also like to thank our loyal subscribers. You know, thank you all for continuing to support us. As a reminder, this podcast is brought to you by Four and Half Marketing Agency. We have been helping property managers with owner marketing since 2012, from strategy all the way to implementation. Visit fourandhalf.com to learn more. That's F O U R A N D H A L F.com.